Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. Morning, everybody. It's nice to see so many lovely, friendly faces. Norton, I'm glad you caught that one, is it? Rushed out of my mouth and ran out towards the window. You grabbed it on the way past. Just in time. Is everybody doing good? Three of you? Any, any advance on three, four? You all doing all right over there? Happy? Got a family unit going on over there. It's lovely. We've got some lovely visitors on holiday from Finden. You're really welcome. Findon is blessed. Dale, it's good to see you, mate. As always. You, you guys are always in, incredible over here. And as for you, if you didn't know, it's Alan's birthday on Tuesday. I did tell him I'll keep it a secret, but it's out now. <laughs> if you want to go and love on him later, please do that. Um, my name's Jonathan, um, and it's a real joy just to be around people like you on a Sunday, to be honest. We have, um, we've been kind of roaming through Romans. Obviously, last Sunday, we were celebrating um, Passover, Easter, however you want to call it. For me, it's about resurrection life. You can kind of call it what you like. It's how we connect with it that's the key. But last week, we had that. And obviously, last week was a bit different. I'm sorry, the week before that, two weeks ago. You're right. That's why Andreas sits on the front. To make sure I get the dates right. But... Um, Today, we're going to continue a little bit with our Rome through Romans. I don't know if you've been keeping up with the Rome through Romans. I, I've been finding it challenging, extraordinary, uh, awesome, a um, bit humbling that we can read literally in black and white or whatever colour your Bible is in, your device, that God's heart comes out so clearly for righteousness and justice and peace that in the entire book of Romans, God's uh, agenda, if you like, of how he is going to help you and me have a relationship with him when he is so holy and so awesome and so powerful and so on it, where God is going to arrange, he's going to deliberately set up a plan so that you and I can have an intimate relationship with God and then execute that plan. I think that is awesome, personally. I think it is extraordinary. Um, so we're going to have a little look at the book of Romans, uh, or chapter of Romans in a, in a moment. Um, and I just want to share a couple of things with you uh, because lots of people have been asking me. But also, it's no coincidence that um, some of our visitors, their daughter was at the Bible school back in 2012, did we say? Yeah. So um, about 10 years ago. But as you know, we have had this big facility called Roffey Place um, since 1983. Uh, there's a whole uh, story behind how God provided uh, a lot of money for that through a promise. It literally was God saying something like, if you need that building, I'll supply the money. And you can read about that. It's, it's a narrative. It's a testimony. And, and the sum was $1 million, which is, which is more than Norton gets a week, right? Back in that day, it was a lot. And this building was provided by God. 
And it was provided by God to see lives impacted, changed and restored. And over the years, thousands of people's lives, and some of yours, you've been there and that's happened to you. But also people from there have gone and done that all across the globe. And two years ago, um, we really felt the Lord say, right, it's time to close this way of teaching, training people. And there's going to be a new way that comes. And we'll talk about that. Not today. But that whole building uh, of Ruffy Place, to be honest, has been a bit of a challenge to us because we know why God provided it. It's like, how, how is God going to use it now? Well, I, I want to let you know, for those of you who are asking, those of you that weren't asking, that through the grace of God, God has connected Kingdom Faith with an excellent charity that actually we all, we all know, but we just don't know that we know it. It was called the Worthing Church's Homeless Project. It's now called Turning Tides. We get a yes and an amen from here. Right. So as of last week, we have handed over that building to them to use. Now, let's just clarify this. We, we, we're not interested in making money on a charity. So through prayer and just cutting every cost out of it that we can, they're going to lease it for us for three years with an option to go another two years. Because we couldn't, with every conscience, have a building like that empty when we know there's people who are living on the pavement. Come on. So God has set that up. We've gone with that. We believe that's right before God. So uh, we actually, Andy, who's our young saints leader, we, we actually handed over the keys to Turning Tides a week ago and have already started to work on it, to recommission it and get it ready for September. Come on. I mean, that's, that's God, guy. So God is still using, and at the end of the day, it's only bricks and mortar, right? That's how God uses it. Um, so it's basically going to help Turning Tides to immediately begin to get people off the street, to take them through all kinds of training, back to work training, back to full health training. But it's also, as an organisation, going to help them move from a charity to a housing association. Come on. Which means that going down the road, they can then provide um, ground-up building for people. Come on. Isn't God good? Yeah, I think we can praise the Lord. I think that's exciting. I just wanted to share that with you because loads of people are asking. Some people are guessing. Some people are making it up. But that's what is happening. All right. And I'm really excited about that. But here's the deal. We're looking at Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. I don't want to go into the mega detail of it because I don't want to show my ignorance of, old, of, uh, of, of Hebrew or Old Testament history. But the essence of Romans 4 is this. The first part of Romans chapter 4 talks about this interesting character called Abraham. Say Abraham. Father Abraham. was There's a great song there. But I just want to go a little bit before he appears in Romans chapter 4, when he first appeared back in the book of Genesis. Because this guy wasn't called Abraham then, he was called Abram. Say Abram. Now, how many of you know that God knows how to spell Abraham? So he deliberately left the name out because it was a different name. He didn't leave the letters out on purpose. You know, oh, I've forgotten how to spell it. Abram means he's a person of many nations and who worships many gods. Abram. 
We know that he was very military successful. He was a commander in warfare. But we also know that he worshipped pretty much every god there was. He dealt with life, with what he had around him. But where did he belong? Nowhere. He was very nomadic. Travelled around with this other guy called Lot. Just say Lot. Uh, there's loads of stories about Abraham and Lot. One that I like the most is when Abraham comes out and he should have left Lot behind, but he didn't. He brought Lot, Lot with him and he ended up in a lot of trouble. You'll remember that, okay? Sorry? Thank you. That's as good as it gets. But the point is this, is that God was looking for someone to speak to that he knew would respond immediately. God was looking for someone who, if he spoke to him, this someone, whoever it was, wherever they belonged or not, would just say yes. And it was Abraham. And as God spoke out and Abram heard him, Abram crossed over the water and he became the first one to have Hebrew next to his name. Abraham the Hebrew, never been heard of in the Bible at all until then. The interesting thing about Abram is he didn't really belong anywhere. He belonged everywhere. He didn't know what he was part of. He was part of everything. And I just want to let you know that Romans 4 shows you and me that you might not feel you belong anywhere. You give your life to God and you will belong somewhere. You understand that? You might just feel like you just don't fit into the world that you're in. It's just you're rubbing against it or it's rubbing against you or you're doing your best. Let me tell you that God has a place for you. And he has a plan for you. And just through this simple Abram hearing God and God says, go over there, go over where, go over there. He just went. And suddenly not only did his name change, but he changed. So here's a challenge for us that maybe have known the Lord for a little bit. <laughs> God is not bothered about your theology of faith. He's interested in the activity of it. He's not, he's not impressed by you and I just coming out with the right words. No, the right words must follow the right actions. And it says at the first part of Romans 4, through this obedience, say obedience. I can remember going back to the Bible school days. I tell you, people are chuckling. How many of you know that we don't like obedience? Come on, put your hands up. Yeah, okay. Come on, come on. Even now you don't, because you're not putting your hand up. I thank you. It's a bit like sometimes I say, put your hand up, who's not here? And people, some people will. And we pray for them, and we bless them, and we thank God for them. But, but God is looking for obedience. But with obedience comes tremendous blessing. Comes the favour of God. But how many of you know that naturally we don't like to be obedient? I was having a conversation with someone. I can't remember who it was. It was Friday or th- it might be Friday. If we're walking past the bench seat in the park, let's say we're we're up. Was it what's the park near near you, Homfield? We're walking past Homfield Park up near where these guys live. Uh, we've done some outreach up there. We're going to do somewhere up there at some point. 
And, and there's a whole load of new park benches there. And on every park bench, it says, wet paint, do not touch. Guess what you're going to want to do? Thank you. <laughs> Aren't we? Who said no? Yes, you are. There is something within us that just does the opposite of what instruction tells us. Don't park here. Why not? That must mean everybody else apart from me. Maybe that's just me, I don't know. But isn't it funny that when you put law in place, there's something that goes off on the inside of our lives. Well, if you're driving along in the car and you're doing 31 miles an hour, you don't care. Until you see a 30 mile an hour speed limit. Then what do you do? Okay, so no one go out with Margaret and Alan, okay? <laughs> it's worse. When I was driving in Italy with someone who I won't mention... And they were going quite fast. And I, we went past several, what's it, signs. And I said, is that not the speed limit? And he said, that's just an opinion. <laughs> it's Italian. What can I say? I love these guys, um, but I learned to pray in tongues. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here's the deal. Part of what we struggle with is that we want, or we think we have the right to obey what we want to obey. And you see, Abram didn't. Abraham didn't. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what he was going to do. He just knew that in a moment, he moved from being someone who had nowhere to belong. He didn't know who he was. He knew what he was capable of. But God says, no, I'm going to make you a, a great nation. And I'm going to bless you. Not just bless you in the personal level, but I'm going to make you a great blessing. And I've always pictured it a little bit like this, and Romans 4, it just helps us to get this. Is that when you give your life to Jesus, you have someone who will defend you against the bully. When you give your life to Jesus, you have someone who will use his entirety in your frailty. When you give your life to Jesus, you find someone who not only makes a promise about your future, he will come in and make you keep it. This promise that God gave over Abraham lived through his life. He was a hundred years old. I mean, without being unkind, nobody here is that old. I mean, on Friday, had my dad still been alive, he would have been a hundred on Friday. It's a hundred somewhere. He's not a hundred here. And I was just thinking, wow, a hundred, that's, that's like a cricket score. Unless you're playing the West Indies, and we never get that much against the West Indies. But I'm just thinking, Abraham, he was a hundred, right? And God had said, you're going you're gonna to father many nations. I mean, without being unkind, gravity takes over by then, right? Look in the mirror. See what gravity does. Everything drops. Woo. And his wife was about 80. 
but he didn't see that. He says he was fully persuaded or totally convinced or there was no shadow of doubt that because God had said it, because God had said it, his body wasn't saying it. His wife's body wasn't saying it. His circumstances wasn't saying it. No, my God had said it. My God said I would be a father. I'm going to be a father. I'm going to begin to live like a father. Love like a father. Father others who are not my sons yet. Father their children. He began to live out of the promise of God. And then suddenly, bang, there was the baby. That's why he's called the father of our faith. So, at no extra expense, I've just scribbled up some things here about what, for me, faith is. Faith. F-A-I-T-H. Is that right to spell it that way? Can we all, can we all agree with that? I'm going to forsake all of the problems, all of the reasons why not, all the excuses of why I can't. I'm going to leave them. I'm going to forsake all of my ability and all of my lack of ability. I'm going to forsake all of my thinking and all of my lack of thinking. I'm just let it go. Let it go. I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to forsake it. For for faith and instead I'm going to begin to understand that with God's help I can do all things with God's help I am more than able according to his ability he overrules my lack of ability or even my disability are you following this? What comes after A? I. I. Sure. I'm going to keep my eyes on Christ. I know you don't spell I like that, but it doesn't work if you do. <laughs> You'll remember this. I should have got the spec savers. <laughs> but it's interesting here that I is at the centre of this word. I am now hidden with God in Christ. And even though Abraham didn't meet the same resurrected, glorified Jesus that you and I can, he still heard his voice. He still experienced his hand on his life. He still dealt with the promptings of Jesus saying, turn left, and he wanted to turn right. Come on now. Jesus didn't just appear in the New Testament for the church to be happy. Jesus always was, always is, and always will be. He is the Word of God. And when God the Father said, I will make you, that was Jesus. Come on. What comes after A? Uh, sorry, what comes after I? T. 
tea. I don't drink tea, but we're going to put tea there. How do I remember this one? I'm going to trust him. How do you spell trust? It's got you in the middle of it. Come on now. You'll remember this. You'll know who you're trusting by how it feels. You're in the middle of trust. You is the middle letter of trust. If it feels hopeless and helpless, maybe we're trying to make it work. If it feels hopeless and helpless, but I'm going to give the you to him, something's going to change. Come on. God knows how anxious we can become, how worried we can become, which is why he came right into the middle of our faith and changed it. Everybody has faith, but faith has to be in something. Trust, T-R-U-S-T. Trust has got you, me, in the middle of it. I don't know about you, but I've had a shocking couple of weeks with stuff going on and this and that and stuff happening and not happening. And in the middle of it, I say, God, I, I don't know why this is happening, but I know you've not changed. I don't know why this is what it is, but I know you still are who you are. In other words, faith has to do something, not just know something. Well, I know this shouldn't be happening to me. Then don't let it. I know I shouldn't be feeling like this. Then change. Woo! When, when we were praying this morning, I said, I hope you just need to pray for the message because faith in action offends the faith concept. Hello. <laughs> it offends it because it looks like someone's been really stupid and sometimes people are being stupid. <laughs> but if you've heard God and do it, normal looks stupid. Why build a boat in a desert? God said it. Why cross over from being someone that didn't belong into someone that not only is, is going to belong to God in a, in a brand new kind of way, but others are going to come into that brand new kind of relationship? But he still did it. When you're 100 years old and your wife is 80 and gravity is taken over, it's like, I just don't. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a son. I'm going to be a father of many nations. And I'm going to live like it, talk like it, speak like it. And then the last little one here is her. Now I say her on purpose because sometimes there's something in our spirit that just says her. It's all the garbage that's going on. Stuff ain't working. Huh. In him, all things work together for the good. Your life isn't going where you thought it would. Huh. In him, he has my life in his hands. It's no good just going, huh. oh no, everybody hates me. It's no good just doing that. Because the promise is active, it's not passive. The promise of God is alive because the one who gave it is alive. Who gave the promise? Did you? Did the, did the government? Did somebody out in Russia? Did somebody in Ukraine that's hiding? They didn't give the promise. God gave the promise. And God is faithful to his promise, isn't he? 
If you don't know the faithfulness of God, give your life to Jesus afresh. Let him care for you. Because he's faithful to do that. And then I've ad-libbed a little bit. Is that all right to do that a little bit? Because there's some other things you can do with this. If you have enough. Faith in and a huh. So I was with a load of my grandchildren yesterday. So I'm learning how to talk their language. Come here. It's a trouble with the eye, isn't it? Always trying to do their own thing. Put that down there a bit. Pretend that the that the eye and the eye's still there. And the eye's still there. But there we go. Faith in him. You see, I believe there is something that God is just challenging us with right now. Uh, and this, this might be a bit of an ouch factor, okay? Because when we know that faith has words around it, we pray and expect to get answers. We praise to usher in the promise. Even if you're not touching the promise of God, praise him for it anyway. Praise precedes promises. Even if you're not getting the answers that you think you should have because you pray so much, it ain't got nothing to do with how much you've done. It's about how much he's done for you. Pray with thanksgiving. Man, we're not just here to have a great time on a Sunday morning. Man, we want us to. But we're here to change the nation here. Does that make some sense? So here we have Romans 4. First part is about God's promise. Second part is things like this. If you don't feel like you belong, belong to God. He'll help you with that. If you don't feel like you've got a place, you can't settle, give your life to God. He has a place for you. He has a purpose for you. If you never feel that you'll be good enough, you're absolutely right. You won't be. Which is why God sent himself through Jesus to be good enough for you and for me. The word, again, which I know people play with, is we're justified. It's just as if I'd never failed or sinned or done anything wrong. It's a really strong word. It's a really strong word because it's God's word. But when you give your life to Jesus, even now, even if you're a Christian, give your life to Jesus today. Our life still belongs to God. It's not mine. Do you understand that? And he will change it. He will come and bless you. He will transfer all of that rubbish, all of that. And he'll exchange it for himself. 25 past. You've got a few minutes just around the tables, right? Because this is where the rubber. Smell of rubber hitting the road. Hello there. Here's a couple of questions, all right? Just around the tables for a couple of minutes. Now, if you don't feel like chatting, it's fine. But actually, in this little 
groups of five or six or seven is actually pretty easy because we're all learning together. First question is this. Who do you believe God is today? First question. Somebody on the table, just remember it. First question. Who do I believe God is today? Any, there can be loads of answers. There can be loads of answers. Second question is, what do I believe God's done for me today? So the first one is, who do, I, who do I see God as? Or how do I believe God today? The second one is, what do I believe he's done for me today? Is that all right? Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.